Hey y'all, and welcome back to Old Iron Talk. I'm your host, Callie Gurton, and today we are going to be talking with Kurt Allman and Mike McLean. But before we get started with them, I'd like to introduce you guys to your new producer, Michaela Nichols. Welcome, Michaela. Hey, thank you. Thanks thank you. for joining us. We're happy to have you as our new producer. Yeah, we hope you enjoy it somewhat. Listen to us talk about tractors, you know. That's so fun. I learn a lot. So much fun. Michaela, you've been working for Almonds for, what, about two years now? Mm -hmm. And when you came into this job, did you have any background with tractors or no? I had none. I'd never been near one. But you've started to love them, right? I do. It is really fun. What did you take your daughter to do a couple weekends ago? Um, So the town I grew up in and where we live now um, had a tractor show in it was just a free Saturday, and so we drove by, and when Lydia saw those tractors, she was so excited because of the experience she's had here at open houses and stuff. And so we stopped, and she got to look at all the tractors, and they were having a tr- uh, pedal tractor pull, and she was very, very excited about that, and even though she had no idea what that was. So we kind of explained to her. Uh, she got it the, on there and went for it, and she did really good for well, good. a girl in her age. Good. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. I'm glad she loves our tractor world. Too. That's exciting. All right, now let's get to talking with Mike and Kurt. We're here with Kurt Allman and Mike McLean. We've got two special guests on this episode, so that's exciting. Now, Mike, can you give us a, and everybody a little background on yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? What are you known for? Uh, myself, I'm from uh, eastern North Dakota, about 30 miles west of Fargo. Uh, I currently reside on the family farm that was Uh, Started back in the late 80s. Uh, The house that I'm in was built in 1908, currently doing a renovation on that. Um, In real life, I'm a pilot for Delta Airlines. I fly 737s, and that's what I do. But as you see, this is kind of who I am. Uh, Was raised on the farm, uh, started tinkering with old engines way back when, and uh, several years ago, one of my most proud possessions is the 1913 Reeves 40 that was on the farm since new. It was delivered uh, in the fall of 1913 and it never left the farm. Fortunately, it never got uh, sold for scrap during World War II uh, or any of that. I also have the original plow to that engine as well. Um, and, and on on Facebook, you're Mike at Reeves Restoration, right? You know, I mean, I mean, this is this is a uh, antique tractor influencer. This he is like is, a Kardashian yes. only <laughs> antique tractors. I am, and I just, in, in fact, just today I passed nineteen thousand followers. Can you believe that? Yeah, a thought. <laughs> So we're getting some traction with this uh, with this old iron thing, I, and it's interesting to see the. I mean, from far and wide, I'm getting Middle Eastern states, of course, most of Europe, uh, all over the United States and Canada. But it's really interesting to see uh, where the enthusiasm comes from. And well, it, it, I, I have a love hate relationship with social media, you know, I, but but it absolutely has brought more people into the hobby. Most definitely. Most definitely. They're, they're getting exposed to things. They they find somebody's website or my Facebook page. They may see one post that interests them, and then they see something that they had no idea was even out there. 
uh, horse-drawn equipment. Uh, you know, I'm a gas guy. I'm not, I haven't gone to the dark side and gotten a steam engine yet, but uh, <laughs> You'll get there. I, I, I'm fascinated with that stuff as well. And a lot, you know, a lot of my friends have fairly extensive collections of steam engines also. But yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun and it's kind of exciting to see, you know, how far and wide my inane posts are reaching. Some of them, you know, some of them are not related really to tractors, but, uh, you know, you have to have something for some comic relief every once in a while. I, I'm a gas tractor guy too. And I always, I always approach the steam engines like I approach uh, boats. You know, I always encourage my brother to buy a new boat all the time and then I can go <laughs> ride on it. You know, <laughs> same, same way with steam engines. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I get to go through steam school to get my certification because that would probably be, you know, the last draw and then I'd have to, I'd have to commit, but <laughs> so hey, hey behind you behind you you've got a big altman taylor what are you what are you working on there well uh we, we had some issues uh, i had it at roll a couple years ago well uh, we found out that the original flywheel the main flywheel uh had a crack in one of the spokes so with the tractor i got a replacement flywheel this tractor came out of montana uh clarence young uh owned it in fact my E. Rumley was also Clarence's. I got both of those uh, from that family a couple That's of years ago. That's a good ago. pedigree to have. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, and Montana, they they did a lot of... I'm, I'm not sure if this was used for road work. It has what's called the intermediate gearings, uh, gearing. Uh, for those not familiar with Altman Taylors, they had three speed, three different speeds of gears that you could order for the tractor. Low speed, of course, for plowing and uh, and pulling work. This had the intermediate uh, gearing for you know general purpose. Um, this would probably pull in heavy soil, uh, eight bottoms with the low speed gearing. It would pull ten fairly easily. Um, but this had the intermediate gearings. I took the flywheel off to change it, and then we find out that the uh, the pinion gear is pretty much war. It's you could almost shave with it. It's uh, it's quite thin, and then the driven gear, which we have a picture of. Uh, this is right here. You see that guy? Oh yeah. That's that's quite war as well. So we're going to do what we do and change those uh, change those out. Put some put some fresh gear on there, or put some fresh gearing on there. But they, they, uh, they were they were such a good tractor. I mean, they're, they, you talk to the old timers and and, you know, they, they all say there's more Altman Taylors left for a reason because uh, they, they were just such a good tractor. They, and they run so nice. Exactly. Yeah. This thing, this thing purrs. I, I had some carburetor work done on it. One of the uh, one of the really good carb guys um, worked on that for me. I have yet to run it with the new car, but I'm sure that will help that, that will help a lot. And, uh, it's going to be a, real, a reliable tractor in the future with some new gears and, uh, fresh outlook on life as it were. Well, so you kind of, you, you know, you kind of had to, uh, you do, do a little maintenance on the old Altman Taylor, but the, the Reeves now that was, that was a restoration, right? Let's yeah. Let's wander over there. I've got on my Facebook page, I've got some pictures and a few videos the building that we're at right now the uh this is a morton steel building this was erected in 1979 by my great uncle and it was erected contingent on 
replacing the Reeves, which at the time was used. Uh, I mean, it had been pulled over uh, to basically be a weight, as it were, to make sure some grain bins didn't grow, didn't blow away. So it, it had been in fact, here she is. Oh, yeah, there she is. Yeah, re really just amazed that this tractor stayed on the farm here. Uh, wasn't sold during the scrap drives uh, of World War II. But my father, who was born in 1931, had never seen this tractor run. Mm. We, fig we figure it was retired in 1928. And then, uh, of course... Or, or excuse me, um, the, the tractor was retired in 1928, the Reeves, and it was like everything else on the farm. It was just pushed out in the back 40 and it sat there. Um, probably 10, 11 years ago, I decided that I wanted my father to see it run before he passed. So I started the restoration on that and it, it was interesting uh, trying to reach out to people that had Reeves 40s because there's only a handful of owners of Reeves 40s. At the time, this was the ninth tractor uh, to be to come out, as it were. I contacted Jerry Taves down in uh, Gosel, Kansas, and it took some convincing uh, with him. He didn't really... Uh, I, I don't think he believed me that I had a Reeves 40 because he had not heard of <laughs> <laughs> well, but Jerry, I mean, I mean, when there's a loose Reeves 40 running around, you know, it's kind of like Bigfoot. You know, people talk about it, but nobody's ever actually seen it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can't just you, know, you can't just produce one of these things and people don't get a little suspicious. Well, where did it come from? You know, what's its history and such like that. But uh, with with the help of Jerry and a number of other individuals, uh, we got this thing running about six years ago. And then we took it under roll log. Still had some tweaking to do on it, but uh, she was running and driving. And my father got to see it, which was amazing. He passed three years ago. Um, but anyway, it's, it, it's, it's really a joy to have this tractor and that. As of right now, well, this is the the one in Montana is still owned by the original family, and this one uh, is owned by the original family, and I believe those are the only two Reeves that are still uh, still owned by the uh, the original purchasing families. So that's incredible. Okay, so I know you went to Rolog this past week, correct? I did. Yes. Did you take anything up there? Or did you just go to the show? <laughs> Well, I took uh, I took one of my newest purchases up there. I saw this on Facebook as we do. You know, we get on, uh, we, we just start searching and you see something that interests you. I found this little guy, a video of him, and commented on it. And the individual that owned it uh, said, hey, you just made a comment about my little tractor. Are you interested in it? And I said, yes. And this is what we're talking about. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, before he showed, I didn't want to interrupt him, but I was going to say, Mike, are you sure you want to do this? It's almost the equivalent of, <laughs> of admitting that you've got a moped. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> oh, my, the thing is, I look so goofy on this thing that it's just fun. 
it's just fun. I mean, this thing is probably, yeah, it, it's a Ransom's MG6. Uh, this one was built in 1954. Uh, Eight-cylinder air-cooled engine. It uh, has a magneto on there, so we don't have batteries and all that kind of stuff. And she's actually starting, starting pretty reliably right now. The great thing about this tractor, or yeah, this tractor crawler, is I got some of the implements uh, that were original to it as well. The one bottom plow here, uh, I've got a three foot reel mower, um, trying to figure out how to hook that up. Some of the attachment bars and such like that, I'm gonna have to probably have them manufactured or just you know buy some clevises or uh, such like that to, to mount those on there. But it, it, it's a hoot. And I took it to Rolog and had a number of people uh, I drive it and everybody got off of it. They had a big smile on their face because it's just, it's <laughs> I saw, I saw some videos online and it was like a bunch of little kids at the state fair at the pony ride. <laughs> Everybody's got this broad grin on their face. And they're just driving this thing. They look so goofy, but you know, who doesn't have fun doing a few, doing some goofy stuff every once in a while. <laughs> yep. They're having fun. So that's all that matters. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, when, before you started that Reeves restoration project, I mean, how much experience did you have on working on antique tractors? I had, well, antique tractors of this vintage, none. What I had done previous to this is my father wanted a, he needed this Farmall Cub. So I got a Farmall Cub and I, Actually, I was living in, te in Texas at the time. Uh, got the Farmall Cub, brought it back up here. Um, it was not looking that great, so I sandblasted it, painted it, did all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, I had probably significantly more money into it than it was worth. Uh, so then I thought, okay, well, what would be, you know, basically more, uh, what time could I put into a tractor that would actually be worth something and i and the reeves was sitting there i knew it was going to be something that i wanted to do but it was daunting i mean had no idea really where to start i had gone down to foreman north dakota and saw rudy rathert's he has one down there right that that's since been restored uh and just a beautiful beautiful running tractor uh asked him some you know, for some guidance, we started some initial uh, ma manufacturing some parts for it that we knew we are needed. But that, uh, again, before I started my Reeves, I had only some small engine experience uh, on a couple of hit and miss engines, and but nothing nearly as significant as starting the complete restoration of a large prairie tractor. Well, and, and the reason I asked that question is because, you know, you know, setting off in the bleachers as a guy like me that really kind of had about the same mechanical background. I, I Oliver 60 was the first tractor that I ever bought, you know, uh, and and I had way too much money in it, too. Uh, we've all got we've all got our Oliver 60s and our Farmall Cubs in our life, you know. Exactly. And, yeah. and it was it was honestly inspiring for a bunch of folks, in my opinion, to watch that restoration project happen. Because I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, the way I can vacation in my shop. Now I, I've got all the heart 
to be the greatest antique tractor mechanic in the world, but I don't have enough of the head. And uh, so I'm much slower and and it takes me a long time and I got to make a lot of calls and I got to bring in a lot of help. But it is absolutely the way it's the most fun. I mean, it is the most fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How satisfying can it be? I, I remember vividly the first time that we got it to start in the shop and about four or five minutes later, my father wanders out he was sitting in the house that's about 50 yards away and he comes over and he has this large grin on his face and he said did i hear that and i said and the smoke was still billowing out of the shop because you know uh it, it was smoking quite a bit when she first started but that was so satisfying that it, it, it's hard to describe when something comes back to life that you know has been sitting waiting for that moment for over 70 years yeah so, I mean, there, there's no i mean there's very few other feelings like that. I mean, it just, yeah, it's just awesome. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, I, there's no way that I could have done it without the help of, uh, of course, Larson welding machine at Fargo. Uh, they were, they did so much of the machine work on the engine. And then, uh, Pete Mont, uh, he helped me put the engine together and made sure that everything was right and set and it actually didn't take a lot once we started turning it over uh for it to start popping so that oh, was awesome. that was yeah yeah you can't it, it's hard to do this but you know i don't have an assistant or anything like that so a lot of this stuff you know i attempt to do it myself and then uh, i have since figured out what my limits are and i've finally gotten a pretty good cadre of friends that i can reach out to and but, hey, how do you deal with magnetos? How do you deal with this? How do you deal with this? And th that's the beauty of this community is everyone's willing to, you know, to share their knowledge. And uh, if need be, to share parts off their running, driving tractors so that you can have them recreated to, uh, to get your own back on the road. Yeah, that's awesome. What is one of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome in your restoration journey? <sighs> well, the challenges is uh, finding the, the limits of my abilities versus what I perceive my abilities to be. <laughs> uh, it, it, this is humbling. Uh, it, it's humbling um, because... You know, if you're raised on the farm, you you find ways of making things happen. You find ways to innovate. Uh, you, you find ways to, uh, you know, to do be field expedient. Um, but these require a little bit more than that at times. And knowing when to say, I need to call in the experts, you know, that, that's one thing. Also now, I mean, I'm pushing 60. I'll be 60 here in about four months. My body doesn't bounce back the way it did when I was younger. So if I'm working in the heater and carrying even these gears and such like that, they weigh, you know, 100, 150 pounds. I can lift them, but my back tells me very quickly. It's like, Mike, you're, you need to put it down and, you know. Actually, you I've found if I hit the ground anymore, I don't bounce at all. <laughs> Just kind of a splash. <laughs> That's right. So, uh -oh. so what are they? What are they? Uh, what what do the other pilots think when you're sitting around in the uh, in the O Delta lounge, going, uh, "Oh my God, I smashed my thumb the other day on an Altman Taylor gear." 
Oh, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because everybody, you know, you have uh, some of the guys have, you know, their sports cars and stuff like that. I mean, I've got some of that stuff as, as well. Uh, my great uncle's uh, 55 Chevy that when I was single digits, we used to be bouncing around. That was a field car. Oh. And we used to bounce, <laughs> bounce out fields and stuff like that. And he was a he was a uh, basically an arborist. He loved trees. So we had the back seat was full of pine cones. Uh, if he found a plow lay that had fallen off and it was on the uh, he found it in the field, it just threw it in the trunk and stuff like that. But that's been restored. Um, but yeah, the, the pilots that I think I'm the only pilot that many of them have ever seen that have, you know, this type of a hobby as, uh, but, you know, most of them are fascinated with it because a lot of pilots are mechanically inclined and there's a lot of mechanics involved with one of these things. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So you said the Reeves is the tractor that was originally on your farm. What was it used yeah. for? And do you have photos of it being used originally on the farm? I have some photos and I'm not, I, I, I'm mostly certain that uh, there are a couple of photos of it in use. They had a 42 inch separator or a threshing machine that it mm -hmm. used to run, which is actually pretty, that's quite large, I guess, as, uh, as far as separators go. I have the original 10 bottom plow that came with it. Uh, the year following um, the, the, the Reeves's first, uh, first showing at Rolog, I brought the plow over. We have yet to hook the plow behind the reeves to pull it because i have to get the governor to work properly before that so that was one of my things that i wanted to do this year but um i didn't get around to that uh we, we've what got else? a governor in illinois that doesn't work at all oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's in yeah what's, what's he's it? yeah he's in the state now so <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've, I've got new springs and such like that for the governor. Also this one, uh, towards the end of its life, it had been used pretty good as well. The, uh, the carburetor had been taken off and relocated to the opposite side of the engine, uh, using a makeshift, uh, basically a plate to attach it to the intake manifold. And then the, um, the throttle mechanism, there wasn't anything there. So uh, I, I've looked at a couple of the other tractors. The one at uh, in Boise, Jump, has uh, a really nice example of a Reeves. And I've uh, taken a lot of pictures of that. I'm trying to fashion something like that on my tractor so that I can make sure that it's, uh, you know, it's operating at the RPM it needs to um, and, uh, and all that. But, yeah, it's... Uh, the, as far as I know, the plow and the thresher are the two implements that uh, came with the Reeves. The thresher was a wooden threshing machine, and it disintegrated, so there's nothing left. But the plow is—it's fantastic. And it, you know, I talked to one of the old blacksmiths that lived about three miles away, and I asked him if he could redo the plowshares for me. And he says, "No, I can't. I won't do the." won't redo the plowshares but i'll tell i'll show you how to so he <laughs> showed 
he had a weld points on him and such like that. And he says, you need to make sure that they're angled the right way. And it was actually counterintuitive. But when we stuck it in the ground the first time, even though it was dry, worked perfectly. And my father was there to see that as well, which I was really happy that, that, that he could witness that. Yeah. That's oh awesome. yeah. That's, that's that awesome. awesome. Now, I know you've got, uh, I, I know the Reeves is probably the favorite, but you've got some other pretty nice tractors. <laughs> But I, I got I got a few. Uh, <laughs> well, t- tell us about what you got. Well, okay, we've got uh, one of the. This was this was we believe was the forerunner of the Reeves. It's a twenty-two thirty-six uh, McCormick Deering. Um, this one is not the original one to the farm. Uh, I started doing some research and getting into that tractor. And it was, the engine was, was pretty much gone. So I found this one online and I asked my father if it would be okay if I just purchased this one instead of spending a lot of money to restore uh, the original one. He said, yes. So we got that, uh, 3060, uh, heart par. This one kind of came, came to me in a unique way. I got a phone call from one of the tractor collectors and said, Hey, Mike, are you interested in a 3060 heart par? And I said, I don't know anything about it, but uh, anyway, about a couple of weeks of negotiation later, and it showed up on the farm. This one, as I found out, was owned by Jerry Taves down in Goswell, Kansas as well. So that's interesting. Next, this is the E. Rumley that came along with the Altman Taylor out of uh, Clarence Young's uh, collection. Uh, Runs fantastic and it was, let's see, was it last year was the Rumley uh, at Rolog. Anyway, I took it to I took it to Rolog along with the Altman Taylor, and it, it it performed wonderfully. Next to it is its little brother, the F Rumley. Oh yeah, this this one came out of Canada. It was uh, if you remember the Fords. Up there, I, I, I'll tell, they I'll tell you what I had uh, talked to them about that tractor, and that is one fine unit. Works, yeah, yeah, it it is, and I'm I'm really fortunate to uh, to have it. So, uh, and then everybody's got an M. You need a you need a belt <laughs> tractor. Uh, <laughs> the other tractor that I have, yeah, the, the other tractor that I have is the Big Four. That. Uh, and that's in my shop. It's in, it's unfortunately still disassembled. Uh, I was dumb enough to throw it out to Facebook community to, to ask them if I should paint it or if I should leave it in the colors that it was. And it had been painted kind of with house paint. So everybody said, well, you need to re you need to repaint it if it's, you know, not in the original work clothes. So that is in the state of disrepair. I'm working to get it uh back and put together but uh yeah and and then i also have a 10 ton holt crawler that we're not sure if it's not sure if it's military or civilian but it's one of the early ones with exposed push rods and the engine uh for that is sitting in my shop which basically it just needs to be uh put back together and it should run fairly easily but yeah being 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 just me it's hard to (laughs) one time <laughs> i got gotcha. you well then then working gets in the way 
<laughs> yeah. You, well, I've got to finance this uh, this hobby, so yeah, that that gets in the way every every once in a while as well. That'll happen. Okay, got We're about out of time here, but I gotta ask you. So, you guys, as far as you know, you have the Reeves. Do you know kind of what was the progression on the farm as far as tractors go? So, you had the Reeves. Then, do you know what they got after that? Uh. <sighs> I think I misspoke earlier. After the Reeves, the 2236 McCormick-Deering came. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry about that. Before the Reeves, it was my great uncle expressed that we had, I'm assuming, a Type A international harvester with the, uh, the friction drive both forward and rear. Mm -hmm. And as I recall, he was saying that, of course, when it rains those uh the friction drive basically becomes worthless so he said that was the forerunner of the reeves after the reeves the 2236 and beyond that i'm not exactly sure but we were we were a john deere farm okay. uh for part as far as tractors go so well cool it's always awesome to hear the history and that's incredible that you have tractors that are original to your farm so it's really cool to see very fortunate yeah yes well, uh, I, we, oh, it was just recently, it was probably, it was in the last year, uh, Kelly and I were flying Delta for something and, and, uh, we fly enough, we got upgraded. So we got to sit in the front of the bus and, and I, I look in the pilot's cabin and, and there's some, I looking at the back of the head of the pilot and I'm like, had the same haircut as you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, it's got to be Mike. That has got to be Mike. And I finally got a stewardess over there and completely embarrassed myself. Oh, she had, yeah, she had no idea. So, <laughs> hey, if you ever question, stick your head up in the cockpit and you know, just say, "Hey, uh, that, that's that's kind of one of the misconceptions." People think that you know you can't. It, it, it's it's no man's land. You can't go up there under penalty of law, but. You know, if anybody shows any interest, I always make sure, especially little kids, I bring them up there and I said, hey, you want to take a picture in the seat, make it look like you're flying, stuff like that, because you never know how something like that may influence a kid uh, to it choose. It's the same way as taking a ride on a Reeves. Definitely, definitely. Every chance I get, if somebody shows some interest in one of these old tractors, I show them how to operate them because... You never know. They might be the next uh, the next big collector. Yep. So, yeah. So, well, uh, awesome. hey, keep up the good work on the uh, on the social media side because I that's uh, uh, I, I I love reading your page and and uh, just kind of following along in adventures. And every once in a while, you'll see me comment, and I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, I'm right behind you. <laughs> Always good to see your comments, Kurt. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> And Mike at Reeves Restoration is my fa Facebook page. So if anybody's interested in taking a taking a peek at it, you know, you're very welcome to do that. All right, well, man. Hey, thanks. Thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Y'all have a great day. You all right. Too. You too, man. Thank Be you. Good. You can find all your source material for our episodes on our website, oldirongarage.com. We encourage everyone to join us on Old Iron Garage and connect with other collectors. Again, we would like to thank both Kurt and Mike for joining us today. We really enjoyed learning about Mike's restoration business and the stories behind his collection. We encourage everyone to go and check out his Facebook page and give him a follow at Mike at Reeves Restoration. 
Don't forget to submit your collection photos to info at oldirongarage.com to be featured at the end of our episodes. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or would like to join us on a future episode of Old Iron Talk. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.